What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Thousands gathered in D.C. for the Million MAGA March over the weekend, and while the rally-goers were peaceful, Antifa was there to spur on the violence. And former President Obama compared Trump to a dictator on 60 Minutes, but does he have room to talk? Oh, my God. And Moderna has developed a vaccine that's 94.5% effective, but despite that news, Fauci says you better keep those masks on. Oh man, we got that and much more coming up, and it starts right now. Happy Monday. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I'm Hillary Kennedy, still filling in for new mom Sarah Gonzalez. Boy, we've got a lot to get to today. It's been an on-fire Monday. With me today, Mr. Glenn Beck of the Glenn Beck Program. Hi. Thanks for being here. You bet. And then Mr. Eric July, host of For Canon's Sake and Blaze TV contributor. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thank you. So it's kind of a, a wild and crazy weekend. Lots to talk about. We're going to start off with the MAGA march that took place in D.C. So for days beforehand, there were anarchist and anti-fascist groups that were planning these counter-protests to overwhelm the Trump supporters <laughs> at the march. A group of counter-protesters, they were carrying signs that said, punch MAGA in the face. Some of them became violent. But, you know, up until that point, the mood there was actually mostly really peaceful and festive. Uh, people were having a great time. They were chanting USA, stop the steal, Trump 2020. Everything was going well. But then all of a sudden, there were these outbreaks of violence. Um, and in fact... One one female was punched in the back of the head when she wasn't looking, and we have footage of that. So let's take a look. Ma'am, I'm a reporter. Can you tell me what happened? No, come on, let's go. Oh my god! That is. There was another moment that was caught on camera, too, that I want you to see. Um, it's of a Trump supporter mm. being pushed off of his bike, and this is really hard to watch. Yeah, throwing things at him. I mean, it's just. And if that wasn't bad enough, uh, the Metropolitan Police Department, they arrested a man who was suspected of tossing a commercial grade firework at a group of people that were dining at a restaurant following the march. A, a lot of them were rumored to be Trump supporters. Let's take a look. terrifying. Uh, it was a 26-year-old local resident that did that. That firework went off two blocks from the White House. Incredibly close. They did apprehend him, thank goodness. So I just want to know, what were your thoughts on the violence that, that followed the march? Because again, up until then, things peaceful, going well. People were really having I like, think a, a, a great meetup. I think it's the moon that affects these things because everybody's so peaceful until it gets dark outside. Um, look, there. these, um, as you said, uh, Antifa and Resist were there. They were planning on uh, trouble. They said they were planning on overwhelming, but there were like, you know, I, I mean, 100 to 1 Trump. Um, and so they couldn't really overwhelm them, but they did their best. 
the the media doesn't care. I mean, this was a group of people that were peaceful. They stopped, they held hands, they prayed, they sang together. I mean, it was a really cool uh, march. And uh, these people decided to, you know, try to make hay. But that's the kind of world we live in now. So you kind of covered it on radio today, but... Will you share your opinion on people going to these rallies and whether they should physically fight back when this sort of thing occurs? So this is a this is a problem that we're having in America now, and these aren't my rallies. I'm not running them, so what, who am I to say? But um, uh, you know, I've I've studied Martin Luther King for years now, and he was absolutely right. And if you think you are more upset than people who were following Dr. Martin Luther King, you should go back and read history. Um, he, he, the marches are for one reason, and that is to soften people's hearts and maybe reach out and somebody will see it and go, I wonder what that's really all about. And Martin Luther King knew if you put good versus evil next to each other, Americans would always pick good. So when you fight back at a march, you confuse the message. And so when you're going to these marches, I believe, you have to, you're no longer an individual. You're now a march, okay? You are trying to affect an image and you have everything stacked against you. If you uh, strike out, that'll be the only thing that the press reports is that because they're already saying it. But see, the good news is we have evidence now that even though the media says that BLM is good and nonviolent, the majority of people now know that's not true. We just have to keep stacking it up over and over again that these are peaceful and these are good people. If somebody comes to my house, if a mob goes and surrounds my family and I'm not part of a march, oh, I'm going to defend myself. I will absolutely defend myself. And you have every right to defend yourself in a march. I just think it's a mistake. Mm -hmm. Kind of muddies the message. So, Eric, did you expect the violence to be worse? Well, now I also want to say worse, but I anticipated that. Look, this is sort of the, the country that we're in. And, and I'll piggyback off of what Glenn said, but I, I want to add my own kind of, kind of theory here because I was looking online and I saw a lot of people talking about and some of those instances where you saw some of the violence, that wasn't them. They were isolated because whether they were trying to get to their cars or mm -hmm. whether they're trying to get to their vehicles. And there were instances, and I don't want this to be undermined. I think people should pay attention to this is why some people were like, well, they should sue the police department because they I couldn't agree. go in a certain area that they needed to go. And they were essentially the, by the police forced to have to meet this mob essentially head on, knowing that was going to be uh, an instance. And of course, the police not being around to protect them where they were at. And I think you have every right. That's not part of the march. Right. When you're marching down the street, somebody throws a bottle at your head. Somebody throws a bottle at your head. Take it. You're in the march. You're on a side street and you're trying to get to your car and, and they've got you trapped. You have every right. You have a responsibility to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. And you saw those people like they were being attacked. Someone who had their kids. Some of that stuff was very difficult um, to, to watch, you know. Mm -hmm. But the, the, uh, while I do understand that if you pile this sort of evidence rather up, it looks better for the people that are going to protest or whatever. Like, look at us. We're not trying to incite violence. 
That's what the other parties are, are doing. The issue, though, here is that whether it be with the media, what you consider more mainstream, how do you get eyes on that? Because every single instance, it seems as if they will only highlight the negatives and they act as if it doesn't exist. Because for me, looking at it objectively, it seems fairly obvious. Mm -hmm. Like, well, one party, you look at their marches, which seem to always turn violent or sometimes they turn into rioting. And you look at the other instance when they go do what they want to do or rather protest. It doesn't normally end up in Foot Locker getting you know, broke into or something like that. It seems painfully obvious, but that's where culturally it's not good enough. And I think that's where conservatives have an uphill battle. Libertarians, I've talked about this for years, have had an uphill battle on trying to convey that message because you have so much propaganda to fight against because what they do is speak a world into existence, mm -hmm. which isn't a reality. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to say, hey, this is what, what what's actually happening. This is why like our Elijah Schaefer and those types are so valuable these days because mm -hmm. they can at least film it and you, you see it, though they're putting their necks on the line because if that w didn't exist, you never know. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, they because they control the conversation, they get to tell everybody, hey, look at those violent guys. Look at them as they go burn people's businesses R down. But you have to remember, there's a couple of things. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, I think he won in the end um, because he was peaceful all the way and Christianity came back and took root again. Um, however, you know, you could look at that as he lost. He did. He felt he lost. And he felt he lost because he acted too late. When he started to act, he was already too late because the people's hearts had lost that Judeo-Christian value, that, that empathy for right and righteousness and decency. I don't think we've lost that yet. We're close, but I don't think we've lost that yet. So the appeal is you have nothing but violence to go on later. But the appeal here is just do everything you can to enforce. And that guy on the bike getting getting hammered, that appeals to that that woman who is afraid, who's in the suburbs and is yep. listening to the media. And she sees that and she's like, that's not right. Mm -hmm. That's not right. That's still alive. And as long as that's alive, then you have a chance to end things peacefully. Once that dies, then you're in the Bonhoeffer thing. Then it's too late. Right. Well, it was interesting that there were a lot of people praying and singing and doing very yeah. positive patriotic things. You just didn't see it on any of the mainstream news sources. That. Yeah, I saw it all on Twitter and Instagram. And, them because, and it's really something bizarre to look at. Like, seriously, if you, I would advise you do that, but if you go watch the CNNs or the MSNBC, they literally are telling a different story. Mm -hmm. It, it, it doesn't. You can physically be there. Like, well, wait a minute. That's not. That's not how this is going. They're, right. they're trying to speak it into existence. If you look back in Germany, about 1931 to 33, um, you had two newspapers. You had the right and the left, and the people who lived in those times. I've read their diaries. They said, "It's it's as if it was an entirely a different event." You could be at the event and then you'd see it written about in one paper or the other, and it had nothing to do with the truth. What happened? Yeah. It's the same. We're at, we are repeating everything. Let's talk really quickly about uh, Elon Omar. So she gave an interview on MSNBC with Joy Reid, and she said Joe Biden won the presidential election because the Republican Party allowed for chaos to reign for four years. So let's listen to what she had to say. <laughs> 
there was a movement that happened this summer. That movement delivered this victory, the rise of the, the amount of people that registered to vote. Uh, we owe it to the movement to make sure that the chaos they voted against does not follow us to our caucus uh, and to make sure that the justice they seek is implemented in the policies that we advocate for. I know that uh, Biden um, invited the American people um, to be uh, a unifying force against darkness. Uh, oh. And as a caucus, we have to be unified against that, you know, to oh. think about allowing ourselves to uh, get the Republicans to decide um, how we are to function as a caucus um, is it's really painful because this is, you know, a party that has lied, that has smeared, that has used everything that they can to attack us. Uh, and it's a party that has been against the social and economic justice we've all been fighting for. It's a party that has allowed for chaos to reign for four years. So the American people have decided to put us in charge to say we want to see something different and we can't uh, disappoint them. I mean, there's so, much there's so much wrong. First of all, the guy uh, who's the guy who's the anchor. He looked like the Budweiser frog just sitting there, <laughs> except the Budweiser frog said more. Um, uh, what's so this is why half of the country and the other half has Donald Trump. They watch him and they're like, that, that, that's not true. You know, our side is just taking Donald Trump and they're like, yeah, we know. We know that's not true. You know, you can take you kind of have uh, we've we've made a, a kind of an arg, uh, 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 maybe a, a bargain mm -hmm. with ourselves on Donald Trump. We're like, yeah, about 40 percent of what he says maybe is true. Maybe is true. Um, and we just kind of blow it off. That drives them nuts. This is different. This is different. This is conniving. This is knowing exactly what they're doing as a group. Everything that they have said we are doing, Donald Trump is doing, we're the party of chaos, mm -hmm. us. We were the ones who were saying, hey, looting is bad. Mm -hmm. How are we the party of chaos? Well, based on everything we just talked about that happened this weekend, it's what chaos is she even talking about? It's textbook gaslighting is what she had did. And... I guess it's projecting as well when you try to claim that your op opposition is doing exactly what it is that you're doing. Mm -hmm. She's never precise. She says allows this chaos to reign. And maybe she does that on purpose because the chaos is coming from mm -hmm. your side. Mm -hmm. and, and if he would have stopped it, they would have said he was a fascist, fascist. Yeah. for stopping and, it. And hilariously <laughs> enough, when it comes to the COVID response, they want him to be more fascist and more dictator like in that regards. These guys are insane, but it's interesting to hear them talk because it's like they're trying to convince themselves this is the reality. This is actually what's what's taking place. And anybody with a brain should be able to be able to look at those sort of landscape. But definitely when she talks about what happened over the summer and you look at post George Floyd and all of the the rioting and the looting that was coming from that side in her side particularly the Democrats, were not only ones, the ones excusing it, they were essentially authorizing that sort of bad behavior. And God forbid you said, well, maybe we should defend our businesses against these looters. Well, you can't do that because you care more about uh, property <laughs> than you do about lives. Mm -hmm. See, I hate that they get, a, get get away with this. And I particularly, the other part that I found troubling was this idea that the American people supported 
her. Like, no, like it was not this unanimous hundred percent decision no, it, it that was, we wanted it was you to be the, in power. I'll look at the way they rejected the House Democrats. Exactly. I mean, America was very clear in the other direction. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to talk about uh, former President Obama Oh, my next. gosh. Oh, my gosh, my <laughs> so head will have, explode. We do have more to come that you want to stick around for. Uh, first, we want to thank our sponsor, Home Title Lock. So here's how easy home title theft is. The legal titles to our homes, they're digitized, they're kept on government and business servers and in the cloud where they can be hacked. A cyber thief finds your home's title, forges your signature on a quick claim deed, stating that you sold your home to him and then it's done. And then he takes out loans against your home until all your equity is gone and then leaves you in debt. And you won't even know until the collection calls pour in. You're not protected by your insurance, your bank, or common identity theft programs. But Home Title Lock will protect you. They put a barrier around your home's title, and the instant they detect tampering, they just shut it down. So go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your address to see if you're already a victim, and then use code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. That's code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be back in a minute. President Barack Obama, he gave an interview this weekend and he compared President Donald Trump to a dictator. Don't look directly at this. Yeah, yeah, you it's might bad. not want to look directly at it, but no. here's the clip. There's been uh, this sense over the last several years that literally anything goes <laughs> and is justified in order to get power. Uh, and uh, <laughs> you know, that's not unique to the United States. There are strong men and dictators around the world who oh. think that I can do anything to stay in power. Uh, I can kill people. I can throw them in jail. I can run phony elections. I can suppress journalists. Um, but that's not who we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So let's talk for a second about what he said about journalists, because Obama's record of press relations wasn't that great. Um, in fact, his administration took some pretty significant steps to hide information from the press. They used some controversial laws to spy on reporters. No, they have, there's not been a president. I mean, I'm sorry, I had just a mini brain aneurysm kind of watching <laughs> that. Um, but uh, they, he was the worst president on freedom of the press since Woodrow Wilson. He actually enacted parts and and uh, uh, used old techniques from the Espionage Act of like 1916, where he was spying on journalists. He was threatening journalists. Donald Trump, all he said was, you guys suck. Mm-hmm. You suck. And the American people know you suck. And you can't do your job. Shut up. Get out. He was just... You know, he's honestly, he's like my dad would have been. You know what I mean? Get out! Uh, That's Donald Trump. Barack Obama was dangerous. Dangerous with the press. Dangerous with the FBI. Dangerous with the Justice Department. Dangerous with the IRS. He was dangerous. All for the love of power. Yeah. What do you think, Eric? Barack Obama is the example of as long as you are a suave person, you sing out green and you wear a tan suit, you can get away with want to talk about murder 
Let's discuss Barack Obama real quick. We'll talk about his efforts overseas and all that, the drone bombings and how he's bombed other mm-hmm. Nobel Peace Prize winners and, and, and what have you. Bombed more countries than Bush. Actually, and, we, and I was looking at the numbers the other day, when you look at his first four terms versus... Um, four years. Uh, yes, yeah, so four years of Trump. He actually deported more people mm-hmm. than, than uh, Donald Trump. He is an example of what a lot of the leftists claim that are the worst of the worst. The reason why he is allowed to get away with it is because he's cool. See, Trump, he's too much like everybody else. And they don't want that out of their. A lot of people don't want that out of their president. They want you to fake it till you make it. Trump, he doesn't talk like them. He talks like a regular person. Rich as hell, but he's a regular. He talks like a, a generally regular person. He doesn't speak like you would think a president is supposed to speak like. But Barack Obama has gotten away with so many, whether it be his his war crimes and his other efforts, for him to sit there and try to claim that someone else is a dictator is not only laughable, but people will allow it. And it goes to show that a lot of folks don't vote based on policy at all. It's more so based on rhetoric. And that's what's scary. Look at what look at the Pentagon. The Pentagon lied to President Trump because they wanted their own way. They they didn't tell the commander in chief the truth because they wanted the war to go on after 19 years. And whose side are they on? Mm-hmm. They're on the Democratic side. All of a sudden, that's the Democrat side. Wait, 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 wait. I, I thought you guys were the anti-war side and we were the pro-war. Now we're the ones saying, stop it. And they're doing everything by hook and by crook to keep us in wars. Biden right now is with with, with I, I, Iran. He's talking about trying to re-engage back with all of, all of that nonsense. Like the, the the fact that they have presented themselves as this sort of anti-war party is hilarious. Definitely when you consider what happened under Biden, yep. uh, Biden and uh, both Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. So uh, for someone, and I just have such an issue with that because. He speaks, he's talking with this straight face and it's like, well, you have to believe him. Just just listen, listen to this man. And yeah, I know what everybody else is saying about Trump. He's dictators of fascists and all this other stuff. But seriously, America, just go look into what Barack Obama actually would happen under his administration. Right, not what they record. told you, not what they told you would happen. Go look at actually what happened from his, from how he handles handled the border, from how he handled things overseas. I'm not even just over overseas. It was Mexico fast and the furious and uh, basically empowering all of these, uh, these cartels. Like this guy is, has done some very, very evil things yet. He can get away with it. Again, I, I would, swap. I would recommend that you save all of those things too. save all of them, burn them to yeah. disk or print them out, because I don't know what is true anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I can search and get the truth yeah. from any place. Stuff disappears. Dig. Yeah. On the Internet, left and right all the time yeah. now, too, that you know, something I, that was there a year ago suddenly isn't anymore. I tried to find a picture um, at the beginning of this when Donald Trump was bringing all these huge rallies for his second term, for his run for second term. I tried to find pictures of the rallies during Obama's second term. Do you remember all the photos and all of the video of him standing in front of little teeny crowds and they had to move him? You, I couldn't find them. I couldn't find them. I spent probably two hours. I gave it to one of my researchers. He started at 9 p.m. He told me he found them at 3 a.m. It's been scrubbed. It was scrubbed. That's amazing. That is amazing. 
Well, we just have two minutes, but I do want to squeeze this story in. Uh, Joe Biden, let's talk about something that he plans to do. He declared he plans to vastly increase the number of annual refugees admitted into the United States. So right now, under the Trump administration, the maximum number of refugees permitted in the U.S. per year is 15,000. He's pledging to dramatically raise that number to 125,000. From where? You know, the Obama administration would not take a single Yazidi or a Christian from the Middle East. Not one. We'll take people Muslim, but we won't take Mm -hmm. the Christians under Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. Where are these people from? Who are they? I have no problem with refugees. I mean, it was an embarrassment that we didn't take refugees in World War, World War II, and it was an embarrassment that we didn't take the Christian and the Yazidi refugees. Where are these people from? Well, he does say he will repeal the Muslim ban and other discriminatory no bans Muslim ban, based man. on ethnicity and nationality. There's no Muslim ban. My, my issue with America and how they handle this whole refugee uh, uh, crisis, if you will, is that it's a lot of taxpayer money going into this. These <laughs> leftist celebrities who get on their soapbox and, and yell from whatever, wherever they are and say, well, we need to embrace these people. We need to take these like culture shock. No, be damned. We need to take in everybody because we care so much. They're not talking about subsidizing them, uh, subsidizing it them, themselves. They are talking about using your money. And that's always been my position on immigration. And it's at, certainly at, not in their neighborhood. Oh, no. Oh, absolutely not. They'll move away before before that absolutely happens. But that's the problem. They're hypocrites in that regards because they're not sponsoring them. And I don't really know a lot of even conservatives that will be against them saying, look, you have a refugee, you want to pay out of your own pocket to bring them to your spot and you become responsible for anything it is that they do. I, I don't even know any conservative. I'd be like, mm, maybe, maybe no, no, you fu- you fund that. But that's never what, what it is that we're talking about. They're talking about using taxpayer uh, money to then subsidize them. I and I would encourage you guys to look into this. I was talking about this a, c- a couple of years ago, the amount of money and uh, that they do give mm-hmm. to these. It's actually insane. The amount of resources that they are able to obtain that people that are even within your the country can't even get access. When to. we moved all those refugees from the Middle East, m- most of them went to Australia. We had to not only pay for the move of the refugees, pay for all the vetting of the refugees. We had to pay for the flight over to the country. We had to pay for their housing for two years. And we had to pay for their education to be able to speak English and have Australian classes on culture. They demanded that in Australia. We did it. We did it as a free people that got together and said, this is worth doing. Churches should do this. People should do this as individuals, mm-hmm. not the government. Right. Well, it sounds like we're in store for a lot more of it if Biden ends up being our president. But that's not final, so we don't know yet. All right, we've got more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Fundrise. You know, we've heard for years that it's important to have a diversified portfolio, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, that kind of thing. But if you've ever looked at a breakdown of the most successful portfolios, you'll typically see a diversified set of real estate. So why isn't it one of the first asset classes you consider when you're looking to diversify? Well, simple, it hasn't been available to investors like you and me until now, thanks to Fundrise. Fundrise is an investing platform that makes investing in high quality, high potential real estate as easy as investing in your favorite stock or mutual fund. So whether you've just started to invest in real estate or you're looking to add more, Fundrise has you covered. Now, to date, Fundrise manages more than $1 billion in assets for 130,000-plus investors. 
And since 2014, the Fundrise platform has averaged 87 to 12.4% annual returns. Their team of real estate professionals, they carefully vet and actively manage all the real estate projects. And with their easy to use website, you can track your portfolio's performance and then you can watch as properties across the country are acquired and then improved and operated via asset updates. So you can start building your better portfolio today. Get started at fundrise.com slash Y to have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived. That's F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E dot com slash Y to have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived. That's a great deal. Fundrise.com slash Y. We'll be back in a minute. We've got some good news if you've been waiting for the coronavirus vaccine because a new Moderna coronavirus vaccine is reportedly 94.5% effective. They just made this announcement Um, in August. The Trump administration awarded Moderna a $1.5 billion contract to develop and deliver at least 100 million vaccine doses. And the CEO of Moderna um, said that the Trump administration was an integral part of accelerating the company's progress and helping Mm. develop the vaccine, uh, which was interesting. It was nice to see them acknowledge that he was a big part of that. This is an easier vaccine than the other that only has better... uh, uh, rate of success, but also it only has to be kept at five degrees below zero um, in transportation and before use, where uh, last week's announcement is 85 below zero. Oh my gosh. So for the flu, it's between 35 and 40 degrees it has to be kept at. So to see this in a Walgreens or CBS, I'm not sure how that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, however, However, I don't know if you saw uh, uh, Cuomo this weekend, but he was speaking at a black church in uh, New York, and he said that he's suing the United States government and Donald Trump because he wants it to go into not only the hospitals, et cetera, et cetera, but he wants it at the Walgreens and CVS stores, stores like that. And I'm quoting, and everyone knows that those are only in the rich neighborhoods and not in the black and poor neighborhoods. Imagine being that disconnected <laughs> from reality when you think that these neighborhoods don't have Walgreens and, and, and yes. CVS yes. and them like those only rich people have. have that is tell an you absolutely loony statement. I, I mean, I live in a pretty nice part of town. I, no one in my part of town would want a CVS built right down the street. Everybody would be like, right. no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's right. insanity. It's insanity. That is just bizarre. Well, it, this is hopefully going to be tested very soon, they said, in uh, teenagers followed by children under the age of 12. But despite this news about the vaccine, Dr. Fauci says wearing face masks, practicing social distancing, this is still going to need to be in place even after we have a vaccine. He talked no. to Jake Tapper about it. Let's listen. Once the process is complete, does that mean they can take off their masks? They don't have to social distance. They can just go about their lives as before. You know, I would recommend that that's not the case. I would recommend you have an added uh, area of protection. Obviously, with a 90 plus percent effective vaccine, you could feel much more confident. But I would recommend to people to not abandon all public health measures just because you've been vaccinated, because even though for the general population, it might be 90 to 95 percent effective. You don't necessarily know for you how effective it is. 
So <laughs> it never ends. Then why it wouldn't we never. wear a mask for the flu? Then yep. you know, if we right. if we've got a vaccine, oh. then why wouldn't we I was also making wear that for argument the flu? back back in March? This is all bizarre. Like people don't need need to understand that we've never done what we're doing right now uh, in recent human history. This is something that is very unique and it's very scary in how they talk about this and how they this whole new normal thing and they want us to have our face seemingly covered uh, forever, despite whatever breakthrough that they claim we had to wait on. You're seeing that the post keeps moving mm -hmm. it keeps keeps moving what well, we can do we we'll do this 15 days to slow the spread uh then what we need a vaccine and then y'all can chill out well wait a minute you can't chill out well, once the vaccine comes like which one is it but when it comes to the mask thing i've i've uh, been covering how certain even studies have had to withdraw they mm -hmm. try to reach conclusions. That's mm -hmm. right. That's mm -hmm. so so pro science, right? Where you try to actually use the numbers to reach conclusion instead of using legitimate mm -hmm. science. So they would publish these. Everybody wants to be the first to put out this bad information. So they would publish these these journals, which would say, well, in a thousand or so counties, we, we're noticing that after the mass mandates were implemented, the hospitalizations went down. Well, they didn't, then they didn't go down. Then they went up and then they were like, well, it looks like we may have gotten it wrong, but there's no consequences to them getting it wrong. So I'm like, what evidence is are they even pointing to that even suggests this is an effective well, way to even slow this spread? They are, excuse the expression, Nazis in New York on this, okay? You're not going anywhere. I mean, unless you're part of the elite, then you can go do whatever you want. But you're not going anywhere. You have to wear a mask, lock down the stores, lock down the restaurants. How is everybody sick again in New York? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Obviously, uh, something's wrong. It was like that uh, that 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 uh, video we watched where the old guy was getting hugged by his family. It was uh, it was like a shower curtain yeah. mm -hmm. with latex gloves on both sides. <laughs> I don't know if people know this, but the germs can go over, over. <laughs> around and under the plastic tarp. It was ridiculous. Well, you know, you talked about the elites having kind of a different um, a different scenario there. You know, they can do whatever they want. Uh, Gavin Newsom, oh he got God. he got ripped by the Sacramento Bee because he reportedly attended a multifamily dinner oh earlier this month. Um, the exact kind of thing that he's encouraging Californians to avoid. No, no, no not encouraging. It's, a, it's illegal. It's, it's illegal. <laughs> well, you yeah. can't do it. It's a mandate. You cannot do it. But it was fine for him. He said it was a small, intimate 12-person dinner held outdoors with family and a few close friends. I mean, he and his wife said, well, we probably sh we should have modeled better behavior and not joined the dinner. But then said, but we did take safety precautions. I find that so frustrating because this hypocrisy... This and happened just, over uh, and over again. It happened with uh, uh, Lori in, in Chicago. Like they continued. Mm -hmm. Nancy Pelosi, we saw her getting her hurt. The uh, mm -hmm. mayor of uh, Washington, D.C. Yeah, they, they continue. The, the, and it's ironically enough, the ones that are so loud yeah. about how you cannot do this. It is illegal for you to do this. We'll send the police on you if you do it. Now, with them, they can do whatever it is you want. I don't know well, how but, people but, are waking up to this. But movie. wait a minute. Just a second. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Gavin Newsom. Uh, they did require the help to wear masks, so they did take some precautions. Jeez. <laughs> I'm just wondering if they will vote him in for another term. I mean, I just feel like Californians have to be sick of this. Yeah, you have to be sick of not only his hypocrisy, but how they have derailed your businesses mm -hmm. out there be because to, of this. But are we? But are we really sick of this? 
In, in, a, in a world where Netflix and Amazon just keep feeding us, just keep feeding us, mm -hmm. uh, the government's giving us yeah, stuff. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing right there, yeah. is that they, if they're going to continue to give you like economic incentive to do so, well, what reason would you have to stop doing this? I've said that this, this is why a lot of folks are so enticed by this sort of socialistic, f yeah. fascistic idea because a lot of them, they were, they're making more money d doing what it is that they're doing now, or rather getting government, government funding. And it incentivizes this sort of laziness that they've probably already adopted before. And they feel good about it. Like, Hey, yeah, give us all the money so I can sit at the crib and, and, mm -hmm. and do nothing all, all, all day long. That's something that they, they would really enjoy doing. So yes, it's almost like a bribe because it's like, Hey, we'll give you money if you support us and we'll support this policy. Right. We're only a pod away from the Matrix. They really are. <laughs> That's pretty much where we're at. That's about right. Very true. All right, we got to go to break. We'll be Very right true. back. <laughs> I'm not sure who Bernie Sanders has been talking to. Definitely not anybody at this table. Uh, but he claims that the far left agenda is supported by the majority of American people. Let's listen. <laughs> and what I want to say is I, I come to, sometimes find it amusing when our opponents talk about the far left agenda. The truth is that when you talk about raising the minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour, when you're talking about expanding health care to all people as a human right, when you talk about effectively taking on climate change, when you talk about making public colleges and universities tuition free, these are not far left ideas. These are common sense ideas that the majority of the American people support. And we're going to fight to make sure that they're implemented. Yeah, I, not I, true. I don't think most <laughs> people true. watching right now yeah. would agree with any of those 15, statements. 15% or $15 minimum wage. Seattle enacted that. Have you seen the update on Seattle? <laughs> people are fleeing yeah. by the boatload to get out of Seattle, not just because of the, the socialistic policies and the out-of-control crime, but because homelessness is at an all-time record all-time record you can't get a you can't get around the tent cities now well what happened to that fifteen dollar an hour wage that was a livable wage mm -hmm. no because nobody's paying it <laughs> nobody can pay it mm -hmm. they had to cut jobs to pay for it every time i mean the uh, guys like bernie sanders i mean historically speaking these have been economic um you know lunacy in terms of the policies that they're enacted be it in, in $15 minimum wage, which is one of the more destructive economic policies. The fact that people still throw this out as a as a solution to anything is laughable. You want to talk about uh, it's funny because this is the same side that cares so much about economic justice and talks about black folks. You want to talk about what's destructive to a lot of black families um, and black people look no further than the minimum wage, which has been historically used to price people out of the market. They don't want to mm -hmm. talk about that. Actually, a uh, quick history lesson. If you want to look at minimum wage laws in this country and where what the basis of them were re really founded upon no, it wasn't racism no. believe it or not they wanted, they wanted to price black people yeah but it was the republicans <laughs> and the conservatives that did that no it wasn't shut up it, no, it, it was a progressive not. era yes, kind of yes, thing who would have thought i know that. it's amazing it's fantastic but no these, these guys uh they advocate economically destructive policies but as long as you can promise people free stuff, 
They'll advocate for free stuff. But I don't think definitely when it comes to rather far left policies, maybe not from the economic stuff that Bernie mentioned, but certainly the other lunacy. I don't think as many people is on board with that as he'd like uh, to generally believe. I think we've even seen with it really with this last election cycle that a lot of people are rejecting some of these mm -hmm. ideas that, are t that tend to be associated with the far Far left. Uh, so this idea that ma the majority of, of Americans, uh, you know, like the far left agenda or rather what he calls the more common sense. <laughs> I disagree with that. But even if they did, it doesn't matter because your policies are still authoritarian in, in, in nature and uh, to sit there and steal money from people currently or future generations by way of spending money that you don't have. Thank the Federal Reserve and the Treasury for that. But. When it comes to when, when it comes to that, you, you have to uh, understand that those policies lead to more economically illiterate policies, which lead to more. It's a can that they continue to kick down the road. And that's why they are in 20 plus trillion dollars worth of debt. That was a pretty amazing rant, yeah, Eric July. Nice, that was yeah. <laughs> nice. Minimum wage gets me going. Now, Trust me. I don't know if I have time for this. I have a clip that I just want everyone to listen to. We don't have to discuss it, but it's a, a congresswoman from Indiana who grew up in socialist Ukraine. And here's mm. what she had to say about that. I grew up in socialistic country. It actually was, uh, you know, socialistic republic of Ukraine. I was saying, you know, in my 42 years, I grew up in socialism. I saw what happens when it runs out of money, and it's not pretty. And now I came to America 20 years ago with a suitcase after meeting my husband in the train in Europe, and he is a raisin-born Hoosier. You know, and now we're building socialism. I'm kind of going full circles. I can tell you what is going to be next. It's very sad for me to see that. And that made me, as a mother of two daughters, it made me get involved. Every country failed because this system is not sustainable. This system created a lot of destructions and misery. So we have to be smarter than that. You know, we, we're not going to change. There are only two systems. You have freedom and free enterprise, and you have system where government decides and political elites on top how we're going to live and what we're going to do. And, you know, if you think about it, we all, we're not equal. We all want different things. We want to have equal like rights to pursue mm -hmm. happiness, but we want all different things. So we have different, I, you know, we don't even want to go to travel to the same countries. If the government forces us to be equal, you have to suppress. So we only have about 30 seconds, but um, it sounds like you guys would be buddies, Eric. <laughs> oh yeah, I love what is, everything she's saying. She, right. You know what's amazing is we have to have somebody who's a refugee from the part of the world that America set free lecture us about what the truth is mm -hmm. and hey you guys are missing freedom it's an amazing turn of events absolutely all right we have to go to break we'll be right back with our question of the day that's inc yeah. incredible yeah. well it's sad that we're ignoring messages from all of those people So we asked all of you on Friday, do you plan to change your Thanksgiving and or Christmas plans based on recent comments from politicians? 93.7% of you said, nope, wow. not changing a thing. I am. I'm inviting more people over to my house. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. That's right. So, the yeah. more, the merrier. All right, exactly. So today we want to know, do you still believe there's a way that President Trump can win the 2020 election? Uh, if you talk to Alan Dershowitz, which I did today, it's a kind of a frightening way to get there. But he thinks that is the strategy, uh, which is throw it to the House. Uh, that would be civil war. Civil war, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, I think if it, get, if it does get, I don't want to say overturned because they never made a call. But uh, 
I wouldn't put it out the realm of possibility. It's 2020, people. That's true. I mean, this has been the year of completely unexpected oh, yeah. things. Uh, vampire so, space bunnies. Yeah. Well, and I know, I mean, if you're a faith-based person, too, a lot of people praying for this. So when God's involved, anything can happen. Yeah. Miracles can Very happen. True. So Very we're... True. We're hoping for that. All right, so Eric, if people want to know more about you and follow you, where can they go? At Eric D. July on uh, Twitter. You can also go to forecannonsake.com if, of course, you want to listen to the podcast. Awesome. And then... I can't remember who we have on tomorrow, but it's a good roster. I, I do remember that. It's a, it's a good show tomorrow on radio. Awesome. Yeah, Thanks. I loved what Dershowitz said to say yeah. this morning, too. It, it was, was really amazing. Good. You can get that on today's podcast. Yeah. Listen to it. it was... If you haven't heard it, look it up. Yeah. Give it a listen. Thanks for watching. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.